That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore, and uh, with me, hopefully finding no problems with the existing stream, is Rue. Rue, how are we looking on the stream front? Uh, stream status, good. So I'm going to assume okay. that YouTube is not lying to me. Okay. Hey, listen, uh, we'll take it. So, folks, if you were following along with us last time, you know that we had a, <laughs> uh, a false start. Wait, 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 wait. Last time on Echo Screen Live. There you go. Uh, 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 that was basically the show. <laughs> um, so it, I, I know that none of you wanted to listen to even five minutes of that. So we stopped. We called it. We iced it. Deep sixed it. Whatever you want to say. And we decided we would just do a show this week. So you'll get a show on back-to-back -back weeks, which is really, when you think about it, like Christmas in March. It's like Christmas and Hanukkah all together. It's like you got a Jewish mom and a Christian dad. That kind of fell apart. Never mind. And, yeah, and, and, the, and the Easter Bunny's coming. Apparently your right, audio so, is lo-fi, but, you know. Hey, listen, that's, that's your fault, not mine. I think that's your fault, not mine. You I know what? very... Very hi-fi. I was talking to a, a, a co-worker of mine today who sometimes listens yes. to the show on, on yes. the, the podcasting podcast. Because we're uh -huh. podcasts, Search for Echo Screen Live. Um, we are? We are. Uh, but he was, I was talking to him too. He's like, I was saying something about how you live up in, in, in the Northeast. And he's like, yes. what? I'm like, yeah. He's like, when did you move out there? I was like, I don't know, like three years ago. I'm like, wait, you do the show like remotely? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. So the fact that he could not guess that uh, you're you're not sitting next to me in the the official clan of the Grey Wolf studio recording this uh, yes. makes me happy in my cockles and my heart. Maybe yeah, even the sub cockles. Good. Right now, you thank you, Dennis Leary. Now, please make my audio high five, please. Thank you. Um, what were we so here, folks? For? What are we going to talk about today? Yeah. What, what what is the topic du jour of this here delayed Echo Screen Live? I think it should be well, Hamilton the Musical. Well, I'm going to tell you what it's not: <laughs> Hamilton the Musical. Uh, however, <laughs> what it is, uh, what we tried to do last time, what it is. See now you're getting into it. Games. Now you're getting yeah, into I'm Hamilton. I'm oh, sorry. Right. No, I'm not getting into Hamilton. Uh, but but close. Pay to win games. Games that you can pay to win, and spend then, more money, get better at it. And then you're home. You're, you go home because you won the whole game. Because you won the whole game because you, you with, bought it. With a little bit of a lighter Pleasure. wallet and a little bit more knowledge in your heart. Right. I don't know. Um, we're going to talk about that tonight. That is the topic du jour. Uh, those of you that have joined the program before may have listened previously. I uh, know there are three portions to the program. First, we start off with the tids and bits. Then we get into the topic du jour. And lastly, we will have question and answer portion of the program where people can ask questions and we will answer them live here on the air. Or for those of you listening uh, via podcast, in the past. I have a question. Yes. Can we actually do a musicals episode at some point? Because I think that would be really amusing. I have no time nor energy to write a musical episode. <laughs> no, 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 so. no, no, no. I'm not talking about like Scrubs the musical episode where we actually sing. I'm talking about where we just talk oh. about musicals. Oh, 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 you don't want to do that with me. Yeah, I do. I, I don't. I don't think you and I would have a very good conversation. No, I bet that. you like more musicals than you think you do. Okay, that does it. Oh no, I do. We're I doing like, a musical like episode. Right, Done. Well, let's write it down. Don't 
ever do. <laughs> okay. Hey, what's your new, what's note? your what's your titter bit? Are you taking the titter or the bit this week? Uh, I'll take the bit. Okay. All right. So I bet, I bet my bit this week, yeah, my bit this week is actually about. It was going to be the one for last time, but you know we didn't get oh. the whole oh, yeah. thing that worked out. Thing. Is uh, yeah, yeah. Is, is actually about AI. So so there was the, the movie the with, new, with with Haley Joel Osment. Yes, which which surprisingly Haley it, he has not aged well. He has such a tiny face for his head. It's kind of creepy. Is it, is it weird. Yeah, a little bit. He was, had, do you watch Do you watch Drunk History by any chance? On not on if Comedy I can help Central? it. Okay, Comedy Central is uh, is 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 pretty bad in uniquely bad in their programming, but Drunk History is phenomenal. And he was on an episode. He played like a. I think he played a newsie, if I remember correctly, like one of the newsies. Uh, anyway, okay, it was very, it was very like the people that they bring into the show is kind of random, but it's it's well, awesome. Good news note there. So mine is uh, <laughs> just, just kidding. Um, yeah. So so uh, I wanted to talk about the the Google uh, DeepMind project that has oh, now that's right. uh, effectively done what people thought even ten years ago. 20 years ago was impossible, which is to defeat a human in the game of Go. Now, mm. if you know anything about, say, chess, for example, computers have been beating humans at chess for a very long time. Like 20 years now. Uh, Big, yeah. de- sorry, Deep Blue, the IBM computer yes. that beat Gary Kasparov, I think, in the mid-90s. Yes. First time a computer ever beat a human at chess. And then uh, Kasparov came back like a, uh, in the next game, using a, a new gambit that the computer didn't yes. didn't anticipate, won, won that again. But then a few years later, computers were always beating humans at chess, and now it's just a given. It's not exactly a solved game in which, you know, for any combination of moves, a computer can beat you, more or less. Like, checkers is a solved game, but it's uh, right. com- computers will handily beat humans at chess. Yes. Nowadays. Checkers checkers is solved because a human can play optimal strategy against a computer and it will always force a stalemate. <clears throat> yes. Chess is not like that. Chess is, is not solved yet. So optimum strategy will always win. But Go is a unique challenge. So um, I actually read an interesting article from Just like go. 1997 that said, uh, which was in the news this past week because of this whole uh, Alpha Go, Google DeepMind beats a human player. And not just any human player, by the way. This is a legendary player, the world champion in Go, five-time world champion. Yeah, one of the grandmasters, so to speak. I don't yeah. even know if that's really a rank in Go, but whatever. I'm sorry, he's 18-time champion. I got, I had the wrong number there. Um, it was a five-game match, and uh, uh, Lee Sedol won exactly one of those games in the five-game match. So he was beat pretty handily, to say the least. Now, Go is a really challenging game because it's, uh, you know, again, unlike chess. Now, at chess, there's there's millions of different scenarios for, for every single move you make. For Go, Trillions. it's much more of a strategic game. So so there are, there are pieces, there are plays that you will make in Go that seem like they are completely arbitrary, but actually end up being meaningful later on. These are things that, that don't come very easily to machines. They don't work th- these things out very well. So the fact that, that uh, AlphaGo, uh, powered by Google DeepMind, has, has done this is, is, is a pretty astounding accomplishment, I think, and a lot of other people do. But um, the reason I think it's newsworthy is because a lot of people are, are, are kind of hailing this as the new AI era 
that is now upon us. Mm. Um, because we have achieved something that people thought would take at least a century, <clears throat> and they did it in about, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is this is kind of the 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 mark of things to come. Imagine what computers will do five years from now, right? Right. Do you buy that? Uh, the thing is, is that when it comes to AI, when to to you can talk about so many things. I mean, in some ways, it's the brute force ability of computers is uh, always improving. Moore's law is still very alive and well in in some ways and then there's the advent of quantum computing which takes strides all the time uh to the point where you know <laughs> that the electrons going through the the tiny transistors on a chip are are getting too big for the transistor you know that's when you got to go to quantum computing basically right. um and once the quantum computer is invented oh pretty much all the encryption we have to this point will be useless until you get which is a scary quantum thought. encryption or something like that yeah anyway um <laughs> My point being is that uh, the thing is, is that ad things like Watson, which famously yeah. a few years ago, like five or so years ago, um, a yeah, long time ago, surprisingly long time ago, interestingly, uh, yeah, was able to beat humans at Jeopardy. Uh, the end <laughs> was able to beat humans at looking stuff up really fast. Well, basically, I mean, but that—that's what humans do. Is like you have sure. to it, basically what Watson was able to do is take a question in normal English. I mean, this is yeah. what our phones, not exactly to that level of Watson, but our phones do that all the time. Okay, Google and things like that. It takes normal English, tries to figure out what you're asking, what you're saying, searches through basically all of human knowledge and gives you the answer, uh, yeah. you know, in a way that is useful to you. And yeah, which is pretty astounding. That is, that, is, that is one of the most exciting advances in AI. Uh, okay, Google and Siri even. That we really more Google uh, that that we've seen in the, the at least the past decade, I would say. Um, so to say that, where, where are we going with that? Do are uh, you know, of course, I, I think that is Google's secret sauce more than anything else. They are able to use machine learning to do incredible things. And this goes back to our episode about uh, self-driving cars, you know, to be able to create a mind that is able to navigate traffic successfully mm -hmm. is astounding and they are darn near close darn near close yeah. in a lot of ways um, yeah and this is this is exciting stuff I yeah mean, th this I is the see... future of computing it's not so much i mean yes like i said before it's a, it's the raw computing power increases but it's also having machines that can think to, to yeah. colloquially colloquially use the term right i mean they can't really think like we think they're but not they can they're not sentient they're not sentient, but and they also don't really think, quote unquote. I mean, it's more of a of an adaptive learning, I would say. Um, we're probably getting into semantics. The point is, um, you know, I thought that was really interesting, and and uh, you know, it's it's a it could it could show um, what computers are capable of, and what really it's more about software, not computers, but what software is capable of moving forward, right? Um, that's to me is always the most interesting part. If you watch Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? It, it's not. No one we'll really focuses. That. Yeah, no yes. one would really focus on how amazing of a feat data is in terms of software engineering. If you watch the show, it's always about the hardware. 
Like, yeah. oh, he's got the positronic brain with blah, 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 all this stuff, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, but, I can do well, like 16 trillion calculations per second and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And, and it's always a focus on that, right? Because that's what was supposed to wow us in the 80s and 90s. Really now, I think what we see is that it's so much more about the software, right? Because there, mm-hmm. there are so much more interesting problems that can be solved with software um, that, that the computing power almost becomes just a commoditized resource. Um, but anyway, so really interesting stuff. I thought that was cool. And don't worry, I, I don't think this means that, um, you know, we're all going to be ruled by our computer overlords anytime soon. The possibility of machines actually achieving sen- – or um, computers, I should say, actually achieving sentience – is more a philosophical discussion than anything else, I think, because then you have to dig down deep into what is sentience. Right. Which we're totally not prepared for right now, I think, to have the conversation. But I think somebody like, you know, even even folks that kind of began the current or, or what we would think of as a more modern, not contemporary, but modern science fiction, like an Arthur C. Clarke or, or an Isaac uh, Asimov, um, would look at what is being accomplished today in, in AI and would be like, see, I told you. Because, I mean, for them, I don't think they necessarily would be able to tell the difference between sentience and what we see. But but to your point, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's practically magic. Is it uh, – yes. who said that the sufficiently advanced te- technology is akin to magic? Uh, I don't know. Was that, that Asimov or was that Bradbury? Familiar. It was one of the big yeah. sci-fi writers. Anyway, I'm sure yeah. someone in the chat will – Catch yeah. up in about twenty look it seconds up and, and tell us. Yeah, they'll they'll do the they'll do the Watson thing. And they find won't, out. Yeah, they won't look it up. They'll know. They'll, they'll have that stored in their own personal databanks. Anyway, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Quick news tidbit. Yeah. Quick news tidbit for me. Uh, last week, my original tidbit uh, was that Sony has announced their their VR system, uh, their VR, VR gear, virtual reality gear will be sold later this year for four hundred dollars, and that's on top yep. of the price of a PS4. Um, so if you want to do virtual reality with Sony, that'll cost you 800 bucks minimum. Uh, and And it comes with a little box, right? Like a little box you hook up to your PlayStation that gives it more computing power. And that's cheap. That that, so so far with that uh, compared to the Oculus, which we already talked about a little while ago being ridiculously expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. For the whole system. That's relatively cheap. $800. Do you see that as a, a low enough barrier to entry for virtual reality to become a big deal? Um, Arthur C. Clarke, by the way, said that. that there you go. Magic See, I, I feel bad that I, I called the man up from beyond the grave and I couldn't even get the quote right. Or ring, ring. I couldn't even identify your quote. Mr. Clarke. Um, yeah, I mean, it depends, right? Has I, I haven't used this thing. Is it any good? I mean, if, if you, if you stick worked. your head in the damn thing and it, and it doesn't work very well, then um, who cares? Um, yeah, I mean, well, you we've, and I used we've done Oculus. the Oculus Rift. We haven't played a game right. on it, but we've seen some, quite a few tech demos that were impressive. Let's it, assume it's impressive it, in a in a fully contained environment where yeah. the compute was completely obfuscated from us, so we had no idea what was going on with the computing. Right, they could have had friggin' cray supercomputers back there, and we'd have no idea. Right? I'm, I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna spoiler alert you. I don't think this is gonna be the big breakthrough that some people are hoping for for VR. I, although I think you're, I think you're right. I was, I was talking with one of my coworkers today about, about, about this, about the Sony VR, and he was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally gonna get that. I can't wait." I'm like, "You don't even have a PS4." He's like, "I don't care. I'll buy it." I'm like, "All right, why? There's one, uh, yeah. but well, I, I just don't see that being the, the everything." So, well, it could be. I mean, th- this could be the next Wii. 
right? It, 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 I think you what they're hoping know, is, is but gonna I, be. I really am still. You not and me both. My point is so what they're hoping for. Of course. And, is and that this thing gets picked up so that it's not just gamers. It's not just people that would normally buy a game system, but everybody has to have this because it's the new hotness and you have to have it in your freaking living room or else you're a loser. Oh, I'm sorry. The t- I, I was li- I lied before. It's actually like $849 plus tax, and that's before you buy any games. So, yeah. And we don't. Well, who needs games? If, if you have VR, you, you've, you know, you can just dance around the room and. Who needs games? Uh, real quick, extra tidbit, since we just said the magic word, we. Uh, there have been pictures floating around of, since uh, Nintendo's being super quiet about the upcoming Nintendo NX, their next console, which is supposed to have more information probably in the next couple months. Yeah. Before Do you E3. believe that that, uh, that that recent post about the controller, what yeah. it looks like? You believe so that? I'm, I'm posting this uh, picture of the controller. I could believe that that's the controller. If you're, if you can't see it, if you're on the the podcast, uh, it basically. I think I had, the, I think I had the same reaction I did when I first saw the Wii controller, and that ended up working out okay. No, and, and that's the thing, right? Is like, well, people seem to have this reaction for the past few Nintendo. Actually, like going back, going back as far as the Nintendo sixty four. It's like no one's ever yeah. liked the controllers for these Nintendo game uh, consoles at first sight. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a hit or or a failure. It's just funny to me. Anyway, right. Looking at it, it's it's kind of like um, an oval with a couple of nubs, and other than that, it looks to be a touchscreen, mm-hmm. um, about the size of a phone, really roughly, um, <clears throat> though longer and and not as wide. So, if that's the NX controller, that's interesting. Certainly interesting. Um, The thing is, is that everyone and their mother has a hot take. Like, here's my hot take. Nintendo's doomed. You know, and and that's, come on, let's, let's, it's interesting. That's all we can really say about it. It's like, oh, okay, maybe it'll be worthwhile. And nobody knows anything about it. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's 14 other pieces that go to it, right? Maybe it this. turns into friggin' Optimus Prime and, and <laughs> you know destroys your house. Who we, knows? We got to see this thing in action, and uh, yep. we know so little about the NX. It actually makes me angry because uh, my Google News. Whenever I go to like my little Google News feed, and it's like, oh, you like Nintendo? Here's some news about Nintendo, and it's always some clickbaity rumor article about <laughs> hey, Nintendo NX. Yeah, gotta. <laughs> Kill your pets. You, you mean you mean like the rest of YouTube at this point? Yeah, Pretty well, much, yeah. Um, Which reminds me of a hot take I got. No, um, don't, don't don't give us your hot take. <laughs> speaking of make it uh, put it in a video. Speaking of killing your pets, um, so the cats went to the vet today. Here's a, here's something really random for you. And you killed them. And I killed them. That's it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks no, for ruining my day. No, they they, they were fine, but. Um, they get back and looking over the, uh, the the receipts and bills and stuff for the for them, you know, uh, being little buttholes. And Cooper is now eleven years old. Therefore, he is labeled as a senior cat. Oh, like, so he gets oh, so his bill goes down. He's an old cat. Here's the kicker. He gets like the he gets the dollar coffee at Burger King. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He has to go eat dinner at like four in the afternoon and then go to sleep by six. Well, okay, that actually does sound like him, but um, no. But here's the kicker: is that they charge five bucks more for the senior cat. Like, oh come on, he should get a discount anyway. <laughs> See, <laughs> all right. There's my hot um, take on killing cats. Anyway, yeah. Well, you didn't actually kill a cat, so you you just made everybody's heart stop. Thank Aww. you. 
Okay, folks, let's move in. Let's move past the old tits and bits. That was good. There was more news than what I think we even wanted to talk about. But that's the way that's the way the show works. We've, we skipped like a month. Show? So, yeah. Yeah. So Tragic. let's get into the topic du jour. Um, you had brought up the idea. We, we, we did a we did a topic many moons ago on free to play games. And there is kind of an well, offshoot well, well, of free to play games. Freemium games, specifically. Freemium games. That's right. You're absolutely right. Freemium games because they are free to play, but not necessarily to be any good at or have any fun with. Right. You you get little extra. Hey, for that. You get extra stuff if you throw a few uh, shekels their way. Right. Now this this brought up um, I think an ancillary topic, equally worthy of a show like this one, which is uh, really around the games that have been around for a long time, maybe that aren't even electronic that are pay to win mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I, I think this is a great idea so why don't you tell us a, what, you know a little bit about why how this came up yeah and uh, why you think you want to talk about this yeah so there were a few people that have actually been like is this really similar to that freemium games topic you did and like kind of it, there's some overlap but at the same time no um, so so I was initially want to do this topic because I've I, I'm not big on mobile gaming yeah. Um, I do. Ha I've played mobile games, but I'm not like, oh my god, I gotta play this game. This is the best thing ever. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. That's a nice little diversion. But uh, I have gotten involved in two games lately. Uh, one has been out for a while, and one just launched about a month or so ago. Uh, the first being Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes, which mm. is a mobile game that is essentially an RPG. It's like, um, it's like a turn. Uh, oh man, what what do they call them? Uh, like the old classic Final Fantasies. It's turn based. Oh, okay. RPG battling, you know, and that's it. It's just battles. That's really all. There oh, okay. Is so it's like it. Final Fantasy Tactics, <sighs> except without the little map grid thing. Oh, so it's really it's two dimensions. It's just two dimensional. Well, it's not moving around. It's just battles. Now you can select battles, and there's different arenas, and you can fight against other players and things like that. In a manner, yeah. Speaking, I, I guess but. I just mean it's 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 like a it's a side scroller. Like there's no there's no three dimensions to it. Like I'm not moving units around a battlefield. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's surprisingly deep, though. It's surprisingly catchy. Um, you know, you can you can play the game completely for free. There's a lot of different characters you can pick up and level up and get new powers and blah, blah, blah. They have everything from, like, uh, you know, Darth Sidious to Rey and Finn from the newest Star Wars. And, wow. uh, yeah, it's it's actually pretty fun. It's actually, it's it's uh, published by EA. Um, oh. I've, and I've put some money into that. Uh, actually, it's like Google Play Rewards, so I haven't actually put my money into it. But, um, yep. you know, you put if you put money into it, you can get more characters you you get characters quicker i should say you can get um you know the stuff you need to power them up quicker and again notice i say quicker because you can get to the exact same point everyone who puts in uh, a ten thousand dollars into the game does it's just going to yep. take you longer but it's right. possible the yes. other game is the star trek timelines game which we first played at pax east yep i remember that it was very so early around here somewhere for the code yeah 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 and it, it was uh this is a little bit different there's like kind of ship battles kind of away team missions where you have to like use skills to get past uh, dilemmas things like that uh but it is a much oh it's a much jankier game and it is much more pay to win 
Um, uh. So so and that and it was it's it's kind of buggy. Uh, well, it is buggy, but it also bugs me. Um, I stick with it because of Star Trek, and in the hopes that they will make it better in the near future. But it's like you are so far ahead of everyone else if you pay money uh, hmm. to, for this game to get different characters and this, that, and the other, that you can get stuff that freemium or free players cannot get at all. Certain special characters and things like that. And uh, I was I was thinking about that. It's like, those are th- these are these two games that have on paper the same type of model, this freemium yeah. model. Yeah. I would see the Star Trek game as more pay to win. The Star Wars game, not so much. Um, hmm. And and that leads me to believe, like, so, or, or it makes me ask the question, like, is pay to win really a bad thing? Um, or is it just frustrating for the people that don't pay? You know, if that makes any yeah. sense. Uh, is the Star Wars model where it's like you can get ahead faster if you pay money, but you can still get yes. there really inherently better than the, you know, if someone pays money to the Star Trek people, don't they deserve a little extra? Maybe that the free people can't get. Um, yeah. So so, and I have another. I, I have I have an extra bit of that story I want to go on, but I want to hit stop here and get your your take on that first. Yeah. First of all, I think there is a divide, as you said, right between kind of the the free to play and the pay to win games, and and it's interesting to see that that divide, right? Um, I I played a game for a long time on Android called Honorbound. It's also on iOS now Mm -hmm. by a company called Juicebox Games, which is phenomenal. They are an amazing developer, and they did a great job with that game. Um, Similar to what you're talking about, just with a fantasy world that they created themselves. And Anyway, very interesting stuff. But that game was the same way you're talking about, where you could advance, you could... You know, you could um, you didn't have to spend anything and you could really still have fun and play a long time and have a rewarding experience. You just, you know, when you get into the arena or whatever, you're going to see people that spend a ton of money and you're just going to deal with that. The whales, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And there's always going to be that. However, nothing was really locked out to you. You know, every mode was available. You know, it's just really about, like you said, progressing quickly enough. So um, now in terms of, of your question about, you know, is it okay? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's perfectly fine, right? Um, if, if a company can make money and can sell a game that supports itself through, you know, pay-to-win type scenarios, right? And, and everybody is paying to win, right? Then, then great for them, right? It's probably not a game that I'm going to like to play because I'll be honest with you. You know, I played Honorbound for maybe a year. I didn't spend a dime. I didn't spend a dime on that game because it's just like it, it for me. That's 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 like it's like against my wiring as a '90s video game kid to get a game and then spend money inside of it. Mm-hmm. So so what I can tell you is I think that's totally fine. It's just not a game that I'm ever going to play. And I think you hit on it for me, too. I don't, and maybe this is a generational thing or, or we're just different that way. Because there are people, I read some of these forums, and there are people who spend, in my mind, ridiculous amounts of money, upwards of at least $1,000. I'm not saying it's a lot of people, but we talked about this during the freemium episode. 
these right. are the people that these game companies are targeting to some extent, one way or another in all these yeah. games. Uh, they don't so much care about the people that plunk down five bucks on the game and, no. and enjoy themselves. Right. I mean, I'm sure the developers do on some level, but that's not how they pay their bills. They pay their no. bills by these people that go and they plunk down 500 $1,000, $2,000 on a mobile game. They exactly. exist. Uh, yes. and, and they openly post about it on the forums. And right. to me, that's like, you could get your, what are you doing? You could get your PlayStation four with VR helmet for that. You could, you know, and it's, 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 it's kind of silly to me, especially because, uh, and that's a harsh term to say silly, but it is, it is silly to me. Um, because to me, it's like <clears throat> buying, buying a, a game, buying final fantasy six, taking it home, and you're like, hmm, I can put in 70 hours and play this game. Or if I pay, if I send my credit card information to Square Enix, I can basically just, you know, Lost have me. it have it automatically play by itself through the game and win right. in 10 minutes. Yay, right. I win. It's like, that's not fun. Or it might be fun for like 10 minutes. It's like having a game genie. You, yeah. I'm sure everyone who has ever had a Game Genie or an action replay or anything like this as a kid has, knows this feeling. It's like when you first get it, you're like, whoa, I can play Super Mario Brothers with infinite lives. That's cool. Right. You play yeah. for a little while and you're like, it is novel at first. But yeah. then you're like, okay, I'm kind of tired of this. There's a reason right. why they aren't designed. You're just like aren't designed that committing way. suicide over and over again just to see. Just to, and that, It becomes entertaining to see all the creative ways you can die at that point. Right, exactly. And it's another the reason... completely evolves into something else. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's another reason why some of these arcade games that have, were ported to home consoles don't work out as well as right. they did in the arcade, where it's like, oh, you got to pay more money to, to live when you have uh, effectively infinite lives and the challenge is gone. It's not fun anymore. Right. Um, no, and I think... So I recently have been replaying in in the little spare time that I have, which is not much. Um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah. And um, you know there are things I remember. There are plenty of things I don't remember, even though I played it like forty times at this point. Um, especially the early parts where I would just be testing the game or whatever. But um, you know the the what's interesting is that the stuff that sticks in my head are like all the spells, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know Soul Steel, which basically hits everything on the on the screen and gives you life for every hit you make, right? I know that thing by heart. And so one of the first things I did when I walked in was like, oh, I think I know Soul Steel. And I did it and it just popped up and everything died on the screen. And I went, man, because I already know the spell and you're not supposed to know that spell at that point, right? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to know, you're supposed to randomly find that spell as you're like running around like crazy. Soul right? Steel. Soul Steel, right? <laughs> um, so because I know it's so early in the game, it, it took a lot of the competition out of some of the boss fights. I, I was laughing because I, I, I did a boss fight earlier. It's like the big dramatic music starts. Everything goes crazy. And I just do Soul Steel one time and the boss literally died. <laughs> so it was this huge anticlimactic thing. And, and I just went, huh, that, that kind of cheapened the experience. I'm not going to do that ever again. But but it, it, it made things unfair. So imagine if you so so that's a perfect example. But imagine you had to pay a hundred bucks to use I, that soul steel. I, I you get soul steel <laughs> as soon as you start the game, you have to pay a hundred bucks for it, right? So if I if I had known that walking into it, I can tell you the game is less fun knowing that spell, right? Mm -hmm. 
right from the beginning. The game is incredibly fun if you get halfway through it and then you realize that there's this cool spell called Soul Steel. Holy crap, what if I had known that when I battled whatever, right? And and it would be so much easier. So so that is that's exactly the concept I'm 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 hearing you lay down, right? Mm-hmm. I, to me, that cheapens the whole experience to a certain extent. Now I'm having a great time playing Symphony of the Night because I can just not cast Soul Steel and and try to beat a boss, you know, oh natural. My point is that you know it's it, it it would cheapen the experience for me to spend money to have that kind of an experience only to then you know be so much better or be so much so dominating over the game. And so here's where I want to get into the and this doesn't have to be a terribly long topic because I I mainly wanted to hit this next point and then that's about it. But this is this brings me back to this is not just pay to win games are not just a a. a you know, in the mobile gaming realm or even video gaming realm. The other big thing I'm thinking about is, in particular, the or customizable card games that were a boom in the 90s that we were mm-hmm. a part of. We played yep. games, um, pretty regularly we played games like Magic the Gathering, Star Trek customizable card game, Star Wars customizable card game. You also played things like Lord of, uh, or sorry, Legend of the Five Rings. Legend of the Five Rings, yeah. Stuff like that. <clears throat> yep. Now of the Pokemon, I didn't play that. I didn't but, play that, but that was also a big thing. Eh, it still kind of is. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Right. And so those are also, in a manner of speaking, to different extents, pay-to-win games. You yes. can go out and buy, you know, all the Black Lotuses in Magic the Gathering. Not all the Black Lotuses, but enough to stack them all in your deck. You can buy all of, I, I can't even think of some of the biggest cards in that uh, Sarah Angels and Fireballs yep. and whatever. Uh, you know, you can yep. you can spend a lot of money on a Magic deck and kick a lot of ass with it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that uh, Wizards of the Coast realized fairly early on they were making a lot of money when the game was really popular and and people and the prices of cards were going up and people just wanted to get those really great cards and they were willing to spend lots of money to get it. But they realized right. that that was killing the game. And they needed to dial back on it. Like for the short term profit to decrease or, or or I'm sorry, to keep the game long lived, they had to reduce their short term profit in order to make it keep it interesting for everyone. And sure. so to the uh, you know, outcry of a lot of people playing the game, they changed a lot of the rules in tournaments. You can't use these cards, you can't use these cards. They would print Lots and lots and lots of copies of cards that were very powerful in upco- in, right. in later sets, uh, so that they weren't just super. You didn't have another Black Lotus situation. Um, Black Lotus, if you don't know, is just one of those really early uh, Magic the Gathering cards that there were not very many of, and it's a very powerful card, and it's super expensive even to this day. Uh, and yeah. and there was a large outcry, but the thing is, is that Magic the Gathering is upwards of 25 years old at least and it is going really strong today you know still maybe even stronger than it was in the 90s some what yeah some might i don't have numbers but i i've read things about i don't have them off the top of my head but i've read things about how it is magic is kind of in one of its best positions it's ever been in i think it is i mean i i live in a very small town there are two game stores within five miles of my house that do friday night magic yeah, that's pretty amazing, right? Like, I mean, it's 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 a, you know, it's it's like a national phenomenon now. 
And I, um, and, and I have a friend who uh, got into, uh, we didn't even touch on Hearthstone, which is a yeah. uh, uh, Blizzard uh, magic-ish online game, which is huge. Right. Um but I have a friend. Magic exactly. I have a friend who got into that and he's like, oh man, I got to try magic. And now he's into magic, you know? So it's yeah. stuff like that. Hearthstone. And so there's kind of this, this, um, on any of these games where you can get better by spending money, it's like a continuum of extreme play to win, sorry, extreme pay to win and moderate pay to win. Uh, on the moderate side, you have things like Hearthstone. I'm sorry. You have things like Magic the Gathering and that Star Wars game, uh, Galaxy Heroes, I was talking about, where it's like you can get slight advantages if you pay a lot of money into it, but mm-hmm. someone who doesn't put much into it can still beat you. It's, it yeah. can still happen if you use the right, yeah. if you use the right metagaming, if you use the right tricks and tactics, and, and you're smart. Some right. of these other games, like the Star Trek Timelines game, and things like even Hearthstone, if you put a lot of money into it, you're basically going to win. Yes. And, and not just that, but these other customizable card games from, from the 90s, the Star Wars and Star Trek games, which aren't around anymore, because people yes. get tired of them um, right. for, for lots of various reasons. Uh, really arcane rules that's, that just got bigger and bigger. But also <laughs> the fact that they were super pay to win. That gets boring yeah. after a while. It might be a great yeah. shot-in-the-arm profit-making venture for a short time, but it's going to die out after interest wanes, after that game genie effect takes hold, and people are like, ah, okay, I can beat everyone. Uh, I'm not interested in it. Either you get tired of beating everyone, or you get tired of being beat up on all the time, and it just kills right. the game. And right. they, Magic avoided that. I think the Star Wars game's avoiding that. Uh, unless Star Trek Timelines does something... Um, or even Hearthstone. I've heard a lot of people complaining about Hearthstone recently getting too much pay to win. They yeah. might have troubles too. So, well, you, you know what's funny is you're talking about Magic: The Gathering as a as a customizable card game, which which had that I think the revelation of their long term profitability and how they were going to protect that. <coughs> they took the old model in many ways of pay to win and made it their online game. So yeah. if you go play Magic online now, that's what it is. That's right? true. I mean, you you can't win long term. I mean, you you can win, right? But you have to get very lucky. Yeah. Uh, to to win without spending a dime on the free to play Magic: The Gathering game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. Even even there, right? They they have seen the value in in trying to force people into different uh, different scenarios online. Um. But yeah, I, I, these are these are cool. These are cool thoughts. I mean, I, I you know, when we were playing Magic in the '90s, I don't know that we never we ever you know actually sat down and kind of thought to ourselves, "Man, this game's really unfair." Because if we just had more money, we could just totally overwhelm everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, as a kid, I never really thought about that. I mean, I, I don't really know why. Um, it was more like, hey, let's let's try to let's let's put the right strategy together. I just don't have the right pieces here. I don't have the I haven't you know thought about the right combinations, um, and that was kind of the point, right? Right. Um, so you know, it's weird from a perspective scenario as well because as we got older, we kind of looked at it and went, what the hell? Of, of course, right? Uh, if I spent more money, I'm just going to beat the crap out of everybody else. Um, so, you know, maybe this is just a part of kind of growing up in consumer economics and, 
we realize after time that that you know all these games are totally rigged if you spend more money and really the only way to start out with the same pieces on the board is to just play chess and realize that both sides are exactly the same oh yeah exactly and that's that's one of those things that maybe you can be cynical about as you grow up is like Oh, man, these games are just trying to get more money out of me. Well, of course, they're a business. That's what they're trying to do. They're not just trying right. to make you have fun out of the goodness of their heart no, yeah. and then yeah. go off and prance off into chocolate and unicorn land. Um, right. They're trying to make money. But the thing yeah. is, is that you can be kind of cynical about it and realize that and still enjoy the game. You know, that's that's like every once in a while, it's like, oh, man, I'm enjoying this game. Yeah, this thing over here looks like a decent deal. I'll, I'll put some money into that. Uh, yes. Sure. Why not? You know, it's it's an exchange of it's money can be exchanged for goods and services. You know, exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. It, that's okay. Uh, what an but, amazing concept. Right? But but things that are hard play to win games, or sorry, pay to win games, uh, yeah. are are they can do that. I'm not against that as a thing. I'm not saying that you're evil if you do that, but it can be no. short sighted for your development, long term profitability. Thank right? you. That's the best way to put yeah. it. So. Yeah. But I mean, look at look at something like uh, like, you know, even something like World of Warcraft, for example, you know, which which I think is waning in terms of its popularity. Uh, right. As this new movie's coming out. Right. Right. Um, right. Waning in, in popularity. But I you know, how did they keep that model so profitable for so long? Because most games don't have that kind of arc for a decade. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's not something <laughs> in the, in the game world <clears throat> that happens that way. So, you know, to a certain extent, they have to keep people coming back for 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 certain for for reasons that that you and I probably don't understand because we don't make these kinds of games, right? But um, the fact that Magic is going twenty five years later, as strong as it ever was, is pretty amazing to me. I, and if you I spend did not any time. It. No, and if you spend some time looking at, at the way the community organizes, I've talked about being in the Magic to Gathering subreddit, all these other things, you realize that there's plenty of cool stuff. So, like, I am so intimidated now by Friday Night Magic, I would never show up. Like, I'm intimidated <laughs> by that fact because I have all of my cards are from sets that are so old, people are just going to be like, what the hell? What are you doing here, right? But that's a beautiful what, thing. Yeah, but what's, you know what's funny? Is that when you show up to Friday Night Magic, they have full blown tournaments. They're like, hey, anybody, you can have any cards that are pre Mirage. Anybody that's got pre Mirage cards, you guys play over here. And it's like, <laughs> this is great, right? You're, you're playing that's, with pre Mirage. You're playing pre Ice Age or, you know, whatever, right? Pre Ice Age. Um, my God, Grandpa. Settle down. Yeah. So, that, exactly. So, that's what they'd say, which is why I don't go. Thank you. The point <laughs> is that, um, my point is that, that, you know, there's so much stuff out there now, it's almost intimidating because, like, Every year we would go to PAX East, there'd be a new set, and we'd look at these cards and go, this is incredibly powerful, and I just got this for free, right? And you're just like, you know, do you remember when, like, the, the uh, you know, the, uh, what was it, the, the Northern Paladin cost, like, four mana, and it was, it was like, a 2-2? Two, two? And we were, or a three three, I guess, and you're just like, this is the greatest thing ever. You you can't, you know, I mean, how many times can you invent a, a three three character that's cast with with four mana, right? It's just gonna, you're going to do that over and over and over again. They've answered the call to make it exciting and to make it fun, and not make it pay to win at the same time. Right. 
And there are some, I mean, there are also some people in the chat talking about the whole addiction portion of this, which is something we talked about in the pre, in the freemium episode as well. But I mean, that's, that's kind of how, why whales exist in the first place. You stop and yeah. think, why would any sane person ever spend a hundred dollars on a mobile game, let alone a thousand. And the thing is, yeah. is like some people just like really have that addictive personality. I know I do in certain instances, um, uh, where they're just like, ah, yeah, what's what's five bucks here, or five bucks there, and fifty bucks there right. to buy some stuff in this game that I like to play, um, right? And, and especially if there's a gambling type of game mechanic to it, if you want yes. to call it a game mechanic, but a mechanic, um, right? That that's kind of a, a field of what we're talking about here. We talked about that in the freemium episode. If you want to <laughs> listen to that, but uh, yeah, I mean that that is. It's a component here. It is a component. I mean, it's a, it's it's something somewhat worrisome to. But but you can say the same thing about liquor stores, right? And I, I, we we talked about the South Park episode when we were talking last time, right? Yeah. So I won't go into it. But it's but yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I think some of these folks do rely on the heavy spenders. They reply they re- rely on the whales out there because that's what keeps them in business. Um, one of the reasons that I really appreciate Honorbound by Jukebox by Juice Box <laughs> is that. Um, you know, I had a tremendous amount of fun with it and I never spent any money on it. And that means that somebody out there probably spent a thousand dollars on it, which more than paid for my, my experience. Right. Meh. Pretty cool. You yep. know? Yep. All right. So, so we're go. not necessarily in favor of pay to win, but we're certainly not going to shut those people down. I don't think I, they're necessarily I, evil. It's just a weird way to play. Yeah. And they're probably going to hurt themselves in the long run anyway. So. Do you remember when 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 you could buy? Maybe you can still do this. I don't know, but like you could buy someone. Someone would sell their services in World of Warcraft. Yeah, like you just go and sell. You know, like ah, go take my character and level them up to a hundred. Yeah, or, or, or gold farming things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think they cracked down and, on that a bit. Yeah, but 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 that's kind of the same concept, right? Like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to work, and by the time I get home from work, you know, my character will be awesome, and I'll go have fun, you know, playing. Yeah. And that, um, it, it, it kind of reminds me of that one of the best episodes of South Park ever, the Make Love Not Warcraft, where yes. they spend weeks grinding, killing squirrels or whatever, and just to take down this one guy. And then afterwards, like, oh, what do we do now? What do you mean? We play the game. Yeah, and exactly. And the exact same thing. It's like. Exact same thing. Yeah, just right. grinding. Grindy, grindy, grindy. That's one of the reasons I can't so much get into MMOs because it's. Uh, no. It feels like a job after a while, and that you know, honestly, that with these games that I enjoy, like the Star Wars and this, even the Star Trek game, it's like after a while, I know I'm going to just stop playing it because it's going to feel like a job more than having fun. That is right. That is right, and that's fine. I, I got my and enjoyment out of it. <laughs> well, you know, I think you grow up after a little while, and you realize that. No, you grow up. You, you have an actual real job, and you don't want another job playing a video oh, game, right? Unless it's uh, The Sims, then it's, that's right. always it's The Sims, and then you're just watching somebody else do the same thing you do all day. All right, so uh, good. So I think we, we covered pay to win pretty well. It's time now to move into the third portion of the program, which is question and answer. We're moving along tonight. I don't, I don't want to jinx us, but we're moving along pretty jinx. well here tonight. Folks, if you have questions that you would like for us to answer during this here program, Uh, Pretty simple to do. All you have to do, if you're following along in chat, click on my name, Commodore128, and uh, send me a private message. That's one way to submit questions. The other way to submit questions is to tweet at It's the Commodore. That's me. Um, (laughs) Already received some questions, and uh, if I like your question enough, 
it's good, then we're gonna I'm gonna ask it right here and we're gonna answer it live on the air. Okay. And uh, don't forget, you can hit us up on the iTunes or Android podcatching device of your choice. Just search for Echo yep. Screen Live. Subscribe. And you can eventually get episodes in your in your feed. You know the uh, since Google Play picked up the whole podcast concept, I have noticed a tremendous uptick in uh, podcast commercials on Google Play. You notice this? You, no, do, you, do you use Google I don't Play use, Music? I use um, Beyond Pod. Oh, I was. I thought you were going to tell me. Uh, not not that. I thought you were going to say. I, I talk more about streaming service, right? So like, I use Google Play as a streaming service. But there's like this huge ramp up now of commercials about podcasts that actually sound really interesting. Really? Yes, that sound really, really interesting. That's interesting. I've never heard a podcast commercial before. Uh, No, actually, you know, I usually use Beyond Pod for the podcast, and then uh, I still still use Pandora for most of my music streaming. Yes. But I hear Google Music's pretty good nowadays. You hate Pandora? I hate Pandora now. Pandora sucks now, man. It's just not good. That's how I found it's out about good. Hamilton the Musical. Oh, was, great. Well, I was listening to my Heather's the Musical, and uh, Hamilton popped up. And I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. It's reason enough right there to, to hate it. Okay, let's dive right into some questions, shall we? Okay. Um, here we go. Lou Pasillo asks. Lou! At this, at this point, I think we can call Lou Pasillo a friend of the program. Is that safe to say? Eh, yeah, he's a mild acquaintance. Yeah, my old acquaintance that we, that we, are, <laughs> we are familiar with. Lupicillo asks, do you gents believe revisionist history and flat-out lying is an issue recently with game historians? Is there a cure? Sorry, I said that. Uh, so do you gents believe revisionist history okay. and flat-out lying Oof. is an issue recently with game historians? Game historians. Is I, there a cure? So it's really man, two questions. I, I wish there was a uh, <clears throat> an example. With yeah, that. so so there's a big difference between interpreting events and reinterpreting events, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this is specific to video games, right? So. There are definitely, you and I have pointed out a few of them, of the myths that are out there yeah. in regards to video games, right? Like like E.T. is the is the worst game ever made. I was totally not true. Or just the whole story not behind true. E.T. that they, they, you know, they had so many returned E.T.s that they threw them in the, in the garbage or in the landfill. And it's like, they dig it up and like, yeah, there was E.T. in there, but there was a lot of Atari games because Atari oh, yeah. was doing horribly at that time. You know, it was, there's more to the story than that, you know. Um, I don't know if you'd call that revisionist history. Um, and the thing is, I, I, think, call... I think the story took its own mythical legs is what I'm is what I guess yeah. I'm saying. Right. And it became something that it wasn't, you know, it, the 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 status of that story became mythical versus being historical. Yeah. And the thing is, is that historical revisionism and flat out lying are really two different things. They can they can be the same thing, but mm-hmm. just to call someone a historical revisionist uh, is not the same necessarily as being a liar. Like someone can really no. believe what they believe and right. think it's right, and it might be contrary to what uh, the main historical story is. Uh, it, it could just be either bad critique 
which I think there's a lot of. Frankly. Yeah, that's that's true. But it also could be, you know, an example of confirmation bias. If I go into if I go into criti- and, and which is an example of bad criticism. So I'm probably just saying the same thing over again. But mm-hmm. if I walk into a, a particular text with a with a, with a particular bent to the way that I see it. And all I do is go in and make a giant echo chamber where I just say that over and over again. That's just confirmation bias. I haven't really found anything. Well, all I've done is cherry pick my. It's it's and that I think is what Lupicilla is talking about. Okay, I can see that. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is that I think for a long time, we still have a lot of primary sources in video game. Video games are still not that old. So to no. say, so video game history, we still have. A lot of information is lost in the terms of like a lot of information is lost because it just wasn't really being tracked. But a lot of the people who were involved with stuff, like it just because information is lost doesn't necessarily mean it's gone forever in the case of video games. Exactly. Because some of the people that worked on it is, are still alive. You can still right. find them and ask them like, hey, what happened here? And they're like, oh, yeah, that. Okay, yeah, no, this is how we built, uh, this is how I made sure. Adventure for the Atari 2600. The primary sources like are still still very much a part of our contemporary history for the most part yes and it's starting that's starting to not be the case unfortunately as as some people start dying off and things get even old and people get even older uh uh, and 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 just some artifacts are lost to time but so of course it's going to get worse there will be more revisionism more lying about the past especially if it uh benefits certain people that, yeah. to tell their own story and make them look better. But um, I don't know if I'd say it's rampant. No, I just think that it is the, I would say it's it's more of a heuristic, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that are gallivanting around the YouTubes today that, that, that say, hey, I'm going to do a critical analysis of X, or at least that's how they sell themselves. And what you're getting is about an inch deep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, That's what she's. I'm not saying you know anybody can read Wikipedia, right? What I'm saying is is trying to do some analysis on what those kinds of things mean. What what I think a lot of us do is try to retell texts as critical analysis, and that doesn't really do much, rather than trying to do some critical analysis on it. And that is rampant. That is absolutely rampant. And I think to a certain <laughs> extent that creates a certain kind of cultural. And historical revisionism, because we all just keep repeating the same inch deep criticism of something all over the place, and uh, that creates, you know, confusion among the gaming community. Create confusion and convert. That's the uh, that's the Byron Sanders way. <laughs> and I will give anyone who can tell me without looking who Byron Sanders is a cookie. Yeah, yeah, that that's pretty good. That would be pretty awesome. All right, so um, here we go. Let's see. Uh, Acadian Canadian asks. We, we do love our Canadian fans, by the way. Um, Acadian Canadian asks, you guys are in charge of Final Fantasy 16. Oh, God. Please no. But you can only take five characters from previous Final Fantasy games. Which five do you bring on your team? Characters. That, oh, okay, that's a damn good question. Ooh. If I may say so myself. That's okay. That's interesting. 
I know. I know number one for you. Yep. I already know. Yuffie. So let's let's move to let's move to the yeah. So let's move to the <laughs> let's move to, yeah. It'll be it'll be yuffy. Um. Let's see. I think. Would you t- would you take would you take Kane over Cecil or Cecil? However you want to say it. No, I don't find Kane all that interesting. Honestly, I probably take. Cecil. I don't know if I would take Cecil. He's Cecil. I would. It's not Cecil. I've always said it's Cecil until I played it in the Game Boy, and then it says Cecil all nope, the time. I don't care, Cecil. Yeah. Screw you. Uh, let's see. I'm going with. So T- who would you take then? Going with Tifa. Would you t- going with Celis. Going Tifa? with. No, nah, I'm just going all in female. Um, oh. Wait, what kind of game are we making this? <laughs> Dating sim. Um, <laughs> Dating sim. Yeah. So Tifa and then uh, <laughs> Celis and yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Um, Locke from Final Fantasy VI. I go with Celis from Final Fantasy VI. Sales um, Final Fantasy Six is pretty is pretty amazing. How about you know? I do have to pick up Final Fantasy Six. Um, yeah, but you, you we can't we can't totally dominate this unless you're making a statement about how bad every other Final Fantasy game is. Or well, okay, so I'm like thinking about ten, and it's like I don't know. Some of those characters are pretty annoying. I completely agree with that. I, I was I was just trying to think through like what who would I take. I like Riku from Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy VIII, Acceptable. I could really leave all the characters. All the characters from Final Fantasy VIII. Cloud's annoying in Seven. He's um, really annoying. But but who? But there's got to be somebody from Final Fantasy VII that we're forgetting, like... Barret? Sid? I wouldn't take Barret. Sid, maybe. Sid's, Sid's a pretty good... We're getting way too into this. Yeah, um, we really are. I know. Way too into this. Before, okay, four... Four, you got uh, <clears throat> uh, Tella the Mage. He's an old cantankerous like yep. person, like my cat. Yep, Spoony Bard. Yep. Um, Yang. Meh. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Ah, honestly, I could go all Final Fantasy six characters. So. I could go Final Fantasy. I think. I think. Part of the reason why that game was great was because it was right on the edge where you could have well-rounded characters that were still believable before you saw them in 3D and they were not believable. Uh huh. I still hold to that. I still think that one of the reasons that Final Fantasy VI is so good is because it had all of the great development of a cinematic masterpiece, but you still didn't actually get to see what they were really trying to do in 3D because it would have horrified you. Yeah, like Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> so, all right, I'm 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 going to defer and say exactly the same thing you did. Okay, we'll move on. Okie dokie. Um, here we go. Uh, long term, may- maybe maybe one of the first fans we ever had here at uh, Clan of the Grey Wolf. Carrara Two has a question. Hello, a question for you. Are there any games, bands, movies, or shows you remember fondly from the 90s that the world at large seemed to have forgotten? Carrara, do you have the next three hours to talk about this question? Yeah, that's a really loaded question. You got to pick one. All right, so let's let's do one of each, both. All right, so what what game from the 90s do you fondly remember that's been forgotten? Not necessarily game. It was like TV show, music, group, games. Games, bands, or movies. Games, bands, movies, or shows, sorry. Games, bands, movies, gonna, or shows. I'm gonna Do you want to just pick one? I'll just pick one. I'm okay. going to pick a TV show. Okay. You go You go music. I'll, yeah, I'll do bands. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. 
I'm going to go with Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh. That was a, ooh. It was a great show. Show's horrible. And what, was it? But was it? But wait, wait. I actually, I have a, I have a, I have an actual relevant question. Wasn't Samurai Pizza Cats actually from the '80s? Wasn't it an '80s Japanese show that was dubbed in the '90s? Potentially, I can't remember honestly. But it, it yeah. was in America in the '90s. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Because it was bought by Saban, and they like, right. I can't remember. They either didn't have the Japanese translation, or it was done really poorly. <laughs> so they just took. It was like this horrible take on. Um, uh, like either Sentai series or Ninja Turtles or something like that. And mm. these like cats who ran a pizza shop and they were samurais that would beat, beat the bad guys every week. But they just <laughs> were like, ah, we don't give a crap about this. Let's just make this as funny as we can with random off the wall scripts. And it's so funny. Oh my God. It, at least to me as a teenager, it was really funny. It's probably so funny. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I challenge that notion, but but we'll we'll see. Maybe you should just go grab some and find out. Um, I should. Then again, I, should I, look I, some did up. Just, I did just uh, and, sticking with the shows. I'll, I'll mention one really quickly. I did just watch. So I found out that MTV on Sundays actually shows Ren and Stimpy again, just like they used to back in the old days. <laughs> That's not necessarily uh, a lesser known one, but yeah. No, but Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy is so amazing. That show still, I still think of things every <laughs> once in a while that just make me laugh out loud. Um, it was so, so good. And the, At least until John Crickfalusi left. And uh, yeah. then it wasn't very good anymore. And, and the uh, Samurai Pizza Cat game on Famicom was pretty good. I, I, have, I have a bonus one that I probably okay. no one has ever heard of. It was on yep. for like a few shows on Saturday mornings called AJ's Time Travelers. Yeah. Yeah, see, remember. there you go. That's a really random one. That was like this kid who um went traveling through history i can still remember the theme song and they learned something about history at a particular point anyway yeah also extra bonus one for beekman's world because that show is ridiculously awesome even today yeah i, I looked that one up too uh, recently and it's it's still really good okay so i did three uh-huh. sorry but go ahead yeah so that's okay i can do a lot of bands i i remember <laughs> a lot of bands on the run from the '90s that were never really the the standard bearers of 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 you know either pop music or counter pop music as it were um, that have either been forgotten or, or significantly downplayed in terms of their importance um, you know and, and there are a lot of them but I would say something like for example Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh, all I want. All I want is all everybody ever remembers, but Toad the Wet Sprocket had some amazingly good music and a very, very different sound uh, as compared to really the the rest of uh, of their peers. It's it's a very unique sound. They have a they have a new album, relatively new album. It's about a year old, um, and the album is incredibly good. It's really? got a song called The Moment. And if any of you have not heard The Moment by Toad the Wet Sprocket, but you remember who Toad the Wet Sprocket is. Listen to that song. It's phenomenal. You'll love it. And it sounds like Vintage Toad. Um, following along in, in, that, uh, in, that, in that vein, because I don't, <laughs> if I were going to get into the influential and that kind of thing, I'd go a whole different, I'd go a whole different place, right? Uh, no, be talking, not necessarily. I would. I mean, I'd, I'd be talking about a, a lot of bands that, that are I mean, much more influential. Yeah, not yeah. but I mean, you don't necessarily need to go that way. No, I'm not. I'm not going to go down that road. Um. How about I'll just name a couple. The Gin Blossoms. Okay. 
uh, Collective Soul. Uh, Collective Soul is really good. I like Collective Soul. And and along with Collective Soul, uh, and Jim Blossoms would be last on that list, but uh, Collective Soul and the band Live. Oh. Band yeah. Live. Wow, they are really taking me back now to high school. Live, live in some ways was, was beyond their own time. I mean, because they... They they had a lot of really dark stuff. Yeah. See, that's a, that's a great song, but that's not necessarily the first live song anybody's going to play. They're just going to play, you know, lightning crashes or, you know, um, I don't know. That reminds me I alone of, or you know whatever, right? That reminds me of but, like something on student television at UNC. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like they played something with that through, song in it. Oh my god! Like any any band you can go through and and name like eight really good songs right off the top of your head from the 90s that's awesome right i can do that with live they're they're amazing i could do that with collective soul i could even do that with toad um but anyway no one really talks about that anymore what's funny is if you look at at at, uh terrestrial radio remember when we were younger like you'd listen to like how things change over time like there were oldie stations and there was like classic rock stations oh yeah yeah you know, and then there was like the you know, the today, like there's like 80s, 90s, and today, right? Um, <laughs> now, what's funny is all those stations have been replaced by like crappy 90s stations. Hmm. So, like, well, at least up here it has, right? So now you have like these these crappy 90s stations, and like 80s music gets played on classic rock stations now. Yeah, just totally crazy, right? Um. Anyway. There you go. I just, I just think that's really funny. If you, if you pop on one of those 90s stations, you're just going to laugh out loud. Um, hey, is that Blank-182? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, Lady Peace. Oh, my God. Here. My first girlfriend was obsessed with them. Who? Our Lady Peace. Oh, Our Lady Peace. Holy shnikes. <laughs> Seven Mary Three. Do we want to name every band in that vein let's, that is completely and utterly forgettable? Let's not and move on to the next question. <laughs> yeah, all right. yeah, let's move on. Uh, Millennial Falcon. Clever name. I like nice. that. Asks, what are your thoughts on the ethics of AI? E.g., if there is a sentient computer waiting for, waiting for what are years in its perspective, thousands of clock cycles, while it waits to answer questions from humans... Do we try to consider the ethical implications while we develop AI or deal with the consequences later? Deal uh, with the consequences later. So we're talking Next about question. sentience. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I'm not not anyone. There I'm sure there are people thinking about the ethical implications of that, but not enough. It's like yeah. the, it's like the amount of people that think of what would really happen if aliens came down and contacted us tomorrow. You know, it's like, there are people thinking about that, but not not a lot. I, I get the feeling it's not a serious concern at this point. Because, frankly, we're... Well, the alien thing is like, uh, who knows? That could pro- a very, very low chance of that happening. The, the yeah, essential like computer infinitesimally thing... infinitesimally low compared right. to... Even the computers, right? Yeah, but the sentient computer thing is like, I everyone's like, yeah, that's way far off, if ever, so... Oh my god, yeah. But, it's, it's, again, that's an interesting philosophical debate and question in... in in general. Yeah. yeah. We should talk about that sometime. All uh, right. Uh, let's see. Rosalon asks, what game would you like to see be adapted into a movie slash TV series? Now, this is a this is an interesting question because I think you would, you would give different answers if you were answering by about movie or if you were answering about TV series. Yeah. So I, I actually would argue 
that the Halo series would be a vi- better TV series than it would be a movie. I think that is a TV series or, or a movie. It's something on so, Netflix. Yes. Right. So, but my point is, if I were going to adapt it into something that I would do right now, mm-hmm. I would adapt it into a TV series because I think it would make a, a damn good TV series. And if any of you have watched the new... So they adapted the first novel, The Fall of Reach, into a film. Uh, this was done by mm, yeah, yeah. the current owners, the, who the current developers of Halo. Bungie? Uh, it's, it's a number. No, Bungie's not the current developer of Halo. Oh, you, sorry, sorry. I don't know. I don't play uh, uh, Gosh, why can't I think of it? It's, it's got a number in it. Sorry, guys. I can't believe I'm blanking <laughs> on this right now. Anyway, they developed a movie, and it's, it's, it's basically an in-engine movie so it takes like halo the halo 4 engine oh, and makes like it makes a movie you know whatever all right red versus blue it's really not that great in fact i would say it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad and 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 part of the reason is because the novel's not really that great i'm gonna say it it's not very great it's it's written by an ex-military guy so all the military stuff in it is really interesting the oh, rest of it's really not 343 is the developer by the way 343 sorry i don't i just i couldn't think of that i knew it was a number anyway um it's not good. And but part of the reason is because it's a movie. So I'm trying to tell the story of The Fall of Reach. Well, The <clears throat> Fall of Reach is an awesome story in the Halo universe. But the novel The Fall of Reach starts with the the beginnings, right? So where the Spartan program comes from, the way that they pick John, how he becomes, you know, John 113, I think. 117, sorry. He becomes John 117, which becomes the Master Chief. So they invent this whole story behind it, and they don't ever tell the story of the fall of Reach, which is fascinating. It's almost like a Battlestar Galactica kind of story, which is awesome. Um, So to me, that would be much better told in a television series where you know trouble's brewing and a season can end when Reach is falling, right? Um, We could do that in like a 10-hour span, which I think would be really cool. Right. Rather than trying to do it in, a, in an hour and a half or two hours. All right. So I got an idea and stick with me here. Yeah. A TV show based off of Madden. So like you get you get a bunch of really big guys and you put them on two teams. Right. Ooh, this and, and then like weekly, let's say maybe on Sundays. Yeah. They like play against each other in this 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 Madden game. What's it called? It's like. What's it called? Like football or something, yeah. I guess. No, no, no. That, that's soccer. You're thinking of the wrong thing. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, so Madden yeah. Ball is what it is. Right, Madden Ball. And they, had, Madden they, they try to get this oblong ball into each other's end zone, right? And try to score I, the most I think, points. I think this is a good idea, but I don't think it should be limited to Sundays. I, I think we've, we're going to have to see it on like Thursdays and uh, Mondays. Now, see, now you're getting kind of silly. Sometimes this, Saturdays. This isn't going to work. There's no way this yeah. will take off. Yeah. Um, in all seriousness, uh, honestly, going back into the the hopper a little bit there uh, in time, something like um, a Baldur's Gate movie or something like that would be really mm-hmm. interesting, I think. Or, um, oh man, what was the other one I had? Shoot, it was something else around that time period. Oh, like a Star Wars The Old Republic 
or Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, that's a great idea. Would See, be no, really, that's a great cause idea. Because I, I remember when that came out, people were like, this yeah. story is so much better than the prequels because they came out around the same time. I, so, no. And I still and think that's a really decent story. Do you think it would work work as a as a movie trilogy, or do you think it would work as a TV show? Uh, I'd like to see it more as like a mini series or something like that, or even I a, see even, that a t- too. even a TV show because it, I, I see be, that that'd be pretty decent. But I think it would be great. These this is what's missing, right? Great stories and you know the ability to tell them well, which is which is great. Um. Okay, good. Moving on. A game with tight ends sneaking into the other team's end zones will just never work. No, ever. Okay, wait. Slight detour. Did you see that Martellus Bennett's going to the Patriots? I did. I heard about that. You excited for the Patriots to go 19 0 this year? Because they got two Gronks. Right now. Everybody up here right now is just screaming incessantly about how much of a turncoat Robert Kraft is, so. I'll, oh. I'll let you know as soon as that dies down. Whatever. Um, Boston sports fans are the worst. Oh, God. No. <laughs> uh, Lucius T. asks, I know Rue likely hasn't uh, watched it Luscious T. Thank you. Oh, Luscious T. Sorry. I know Rue likely hasn't watched it yet, but Commodore, were you satisfied with the first season of Colony? I have I loved that. it. I also loved it. Thought it was great. Um... I I was I was less satisfied by the ending than I was the entire the entirety of the season. So in my mind, Colony is one of the best, if not the best sci-fi shows on TV right now. Because it is it's subdued sci-fi. It is more of like a, you know, tension sci-fi more than it is kind of overtly technology and and you know, ships and all this kind of stuff. Um, but for those of you that haven't watched it, you absolutely should. Uh, Colony is, is a show by Carlton Cuse, who was a, an executive producer of Lost. And it's also executive produced by, um, Josh Holloway from Lost. And it's a story about, uh, what has happened on earth after, uh, some visitors come and arrive and basically, uh, well, kind of enslave the population where they're afraid of, of of doing even basic things so great show totally watch it i liked it a lot now i'm i'm they even showed previews for the next season already which is kind of crazy but i was a little bit they had to do that because i was a little bit upset with the ending but other than that it was great you know what i did watch is fuller house fuller house is is pretty damn good i'm gonna i'm gonna make that argument right now and i'm not even being <laughs> yeah. i for what it is i thought it was pretty decent yeah, it's did it, you, watch, you watch the whole thing, the whole thing, the whole See, thing. See, I'm like, I, I, I got like maybe four episodes, five oh, episodes. In. Man, that that mid season cliffhanger where Stephanie like gets shot and dies. Oh, yeah, that was that's terrible. And turns out to be like the next Queen of England. Yeah. And there's like a whole and marries John Stamos, not oh. Jesse, not Uncle Jesse. John she Stamos. marries John Stamos. Yeah, right. Her ghost does because she died. But yeah. <laughs> Right. It's, it's well. You have to, you know, it's the first California marriage between a ghost and a human. That's the whole story. <laughs> um, no, but I, um, I mean, I thought I th- it, was, it was goofy, but I thought it was actually pretty good. I actually enjoyed the kids. I think the kids more than I well, thought. Wait, I would. no, the kid, There's not the kids. 
the kid, Which yeah, kid? No, no, the little no. kid, the, 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 the little Danny Tanner. Perfect. He was Perfection. pretty good. Perfection. I didn't like the girl so much at first. She got I better. Hated the girl. I, I like, well, this guy's you hate women, but no, it's not the because older of that. boy was also pretty good. And you the know what? Pretty good. You know who yeah, was a right. real surprise, surprisingly good? Was uh, Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah. So I remember her not good. being able to act at all and that she was terrible. Like, and, and, well, you know. she was also a teenager. What do you want? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying she's a great actress or anything, but no, she but held, she held her own. I mean, it was, it was fine. Yeah. The, right? whole, the whole thing was fun. It's, it's good. Yeah. I mean, the whole time, I mean, you can you can practically see Bob Saget in the first episode biting his tongue <laughs> because he's sitting there like, oh, my God, this is so absurd. What the hell am I doing here? Oh, yeah, I'm collecting a check, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Bob Saget acted like he was checked out the entire, the entire time he's on set. Yep. He basically phoned it in. He walked in, and he's like, okay, what are the lines? Oh, okay, I am saying my lines now. Okay, bye. Right. I mean, that's Bob Saget's involvement <laughs> in this show. Right? Yeah, which is fine. At least, at least, like you know, Lori Laughlin and John Stamos, like they they gave it their best. Who right? looks they, they John Stamos? Who looks better than he did like twenty years I know. ago? Which is yeah, ridiculous. Looking at like his hair out to here and like you know. Anyway, yeah, uh, also I haven't seen Daredevil season two yet, but I want to. So check it out, Fuller House. It's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here we go. Here we go. Pond Life asks question Disney World do you think it's appreciated more when you're a kid or when you're an adult depends on what kind of adult you are mm, I don't think so I think it's here's here's my, here's some, my theory. some adults my theory are is, just like I would never want to go to Disney World that sounds like hell it's true some are just like that I think I think it's different that's true it's not better or worse it's different so when you go as a kid it is what the place was designed for. It's designed to for you. It's designed and built for you. When you go as an adult, you go knowing it's built for kids, and you either love that concept or you hate that concept. No, but the thing is, Disney World. Some yes. places I could I could agree, but Disney World has stuff for adults too. Like what? Epcot. Almost everything. Epcot. Epcot is... Epcot is the place that kids are like, that's the boring one. I don't like that one. And <sighs> when you're an adult, you're like, ooh, this is actually really cool. They got this interesting restaurant over here, and they have this yeah, tour. Food and wine world. festival. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that, you know? And and But there's also the stuff that you can kind of let go a little bit and let your inner kid out. Like, oh, man, Space Mountain. Who doesn't like Space Mountain? You know, things yeah, like that. Sounds awesome. Um, but Space Mountain is, is the Magic Kingdom. That's not Epcot. Shut your face. Well, I'm talking about all of Disney World. Now, Mission Space, which is definitely an adult ride, if you know what I mean, is in Epcot, and that's that's uh, the that's Tomorrowland scary. Transit Authority is an adult ride, if you know what I mean. Well, there you go. Um, that was really disappointing too. I went on that thing, and it was just like, man, this sucks. But the the <laughs> he, he, here's 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 the thing: when you go as a kid, you're you're supposed to be wide-eyed. Everything's amazing. When you go as an adult, you realize. That you're, you know, you're either reliving your time as being a kid, <laughs> which they actively, openly market, right? Sure. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Sell, they sell you on the fact that you're going to go enjoy what you used to enjoy as a kid. Uh-huh. Let yourself go. Do it again. Yep. If, if you can't do that, don't bother. Exactly. So they sell that to people. But there's also, if you bring children to Disney World, <laughs> you appreciate it in a completely different way. It's not about you. 
So, so for someone like Silver Ogre, who responds with, you know where they have interesting restaurants? Every normal city. <laughs> so true. Listen. I mean, yes. Yes. Here's, here's my opinion. So it, it, 15 years between my last Disney World visit and the one that I just took. That's okay. true. You're, you're uniquely suited amongst the two of yes. us to actually answer the question. 15 years. Okay. I'll tell you this. I, there were plenty of things there that were different that I thought, wow, this is a great addition. I'm glad I saw this. And there was just enough that was exactly the same that I said, if I had, if, if that, if that span had been 10 years, I think it would have been too soon. Too soon. So, so I, somewhere between like eight and 12 years, you make that transition and, and you're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like I've seen all this stuff before. I don't need to see anything else. And it almost makes you angry because I, I like to go to a lot of theme parks and, you know, I like to see the things that they change and the things that they evolve, so on and so forth. Disney, who's making more money than any of them, right, changes so little. I think I told you, you literally go see the, the it's no longer sponsored by Exxon or whatever, but the, the, the uh, Hall of Energy uh, or whatever, the, the is Ellen, Bill Nye and Ellen DeGeneres. That same thing from 15 years ago. That we were it's doing. exactly, the, and it was old then, yeah, okay? Old. It was old then because it was like, you know, Ellen watching Jeopardy, you know, in like the mid nineties, right? <laughs> it's horrible. It's so terrible. And they, and they play it every single day. And you're telling me they can't find a way to better use that space. And yet they tear up Mr. Toad's wild ride. Toad the Red Come on, it's wild ride. Exactly. <sighs> Frustrating. Inner angst from the Commodore. But it's different. It's different. It's not better. And you fear change. And I fear change. <laughs> um, how about this one? A good good friend of the program, Shane from Rerez. Yeah. Has a question. How do you yeah. guys feel about a potentially about a potentially upgrading video game console and treating them as though they were PCs? Uh, well, I mean, that basically is a PC at that point. Like, what's the purpose of a console if it's something that you have to? So this is why peripherals. Well, let's define. It. Let's define it. Okay. Peripheral Hulk. Well, hold, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Let's define because this is not what we're talking about. A PC. So if I if I took my PC right now and I said I want to make a new PC out of this, I basically rip out all the guts and I put in all new guts. Right. Now I've upgraded my PC, but really what I've done Just is like, buy a new computer and stuff it into the old one. Right. Right. The stuff that people are talking about with consoles is not that at all. Right. They're like if I took a Sega Genesis and I pop a 32x on top of it. Right. Have I upgraded the system? Yeah. But have yeah. I upgraded it in the same way that you upgrade a PC? No. No. So this so, is something different. Yeah. If I buy the PlayStation VR and I get my little compute box that sits next to my PlayStation now, have I upgraded the system? Yeah. Have I done the same thing that I do to a PC? Absolutely not. Right. So my point is that what I think is interesting about this, so this all stems from the concept recently of people talking about iterative versions of consoles. But what I like to think of it is that, is that there was a, there's a rumor now that Sony is working on a PlayStation 4.5. Mm. That is interesting to me. As in, really? I have a PlayStation 4, I want a PlayStation 4.5, which integrates all this new stuff, and I get new stuff when I buy that thing, so I have it. You know, think of the most popular tech in the world, right? iPhones. 
right? iPhone is two thirds of Apple's business. What is the difference? Somebody in the world tell me what the freaking difference between an iPhone 6S and an iPhone 6 is. There's an S. They even, they even market the fact that nothing has changed except everything, right? That's a play on the fact that no, everything looks exactly the same. Everything works exactly the same. Isn't it? Right? What is different? There's some stuff. Here's my, Here's my point. Maybe. People buy it. People buy it because it's not really another version. It's not the new, you know, Xbox 720. It's because it's really just the same thing just with newer stuff on it and if that new stuff is something that you want to do you just buy it hey um so i'm thinking of something where you either rip guts out and put new ones in or you add new guts which i think is what shane's talking about is that's never gonna happen well i'm not that it's never gonna happen i just don't think it'll be successful because to some extent this has happened in the past uh the the Nintendo 64 expansion pack of course is uh, i mean that's just adding more memory basically more ram uh, but there's been peri- and anything like that, which is essentially a peripheral. And yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna count ripping out guts and putting new guts in as yes. a peripheral. Historically, have been have sold through terribly uh, on con- on game consoles, and I I don't <clears throat> think that's a great business move. I don't think it'll catch on. And here is the main problem, the main problem, most spectacularly uh, exposed with recently by the connect on not only the xbox 360 but the xbox one yeah that's basically upgrading your console very significantly Bingo. uh and developers are like what the hell are we going to do with this yeah. and, and and to the point where okay we're going to force people to buy this on the xbox one and people are like i don't know it's expensive so they're like well we'll rip it out and developers are like oh cool we don't have to worry about that anymore and there are like no games coming out for the Connect really, uh, effectively on the Xbox One, because it's like they are assuming people are not going to buy their Xbox One and say, you know what I really need? I need a Connect. Right. I need to spend another hundred, two hundred dollars <laughs> for something right. that may or might not be useful on this game console to upgrade right. it. You know, they're like, right. no, we want to make a game that people will play, not some smaller percentage of this install base. Now, the other interesting, you're absolutely right. I agree 100%. But the interesting part here is that really when you think about it, CPUs are commoditized now because CPU is so cheap and because there really isn't a lot of innovation around CPU anymore, right? Um, Compute is just cheap. So what changes are software, what changes are, I mean, GPUs arguably are still even even GPU, right? I mean, there's no there's no there's no magic bullet there either, right? My point is, um, I could see something where you have like a module where you would add a module, like a 32x, like an expansion pack, where something gains more memory or has more hard drive space or has an SSD drive or any of these other things that 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 you can do with them, um, or allow for expansion ports or whatever the case might be. That I could see as being an upgrade. But the real point is that you 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 have a you have a system that is capable of playing software, and now it can play new software, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's all an upgrade really is, right? Why does that take? My point is, I think, or I guess my question is, does that take a a full iterative next step 
from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5? Or do they have the idea, uh, right, of something like a PlayStation 4.5, which is really like the iPhone 6S, where it does all the same stuff that the PlayStation 4 does, that the iPhone 6 does. It's just got a couple new shiny bells and whistles. It might not take all that to go the full iterative step, but if they want to sell it, they will make that full iterative step. They'll at least call it that. An indicator. Yes. And and this might be part of the pointing toward uh, consoles becoming eventually not as we know them today. I agree. So... I agree. I mean, and, if you, and all you have to do is look, and I, I really do think this is an, a novel idea. I know people have been been slamming it in the media, but the new P series from uh, from Vizio, the the, t- the TV company, um, they have the E series, the M series. Now they have the P series. The P series is an amazing, in my mind, step forward for TV, because it's a TV that's basically not a TV at all, right? It's a it's basically a giant display that is made to accept you know, wireless input, right? Um, it, it, it really doesn't even have a remote control. Like it comes with a six inch tablet, which is the controller for the TV, right? right? This is a concept that I can get behind because at that point it's like, now my game console can be anything. My game console could be this tablet, I'm throwing it up there on the screen, right? Um, and so in other words, I don't need to invent a new TV I just need to invent, you know, new new ways to play on that TV, right? Um, I don't need to make it, you know, have the biggest and baddest specs. I don't have to have the the, the greatest sensors and the, you know, the, the the newest tech. All I have to be able to do is find new cool experiences that I can put onto that screen. That's cool. Hmm. That's what video game consoles should be focusing on. All right. They've been trying to redesign the set top box for how many years now? And all all I think we've really learned is that people don't really want set top boxes. It's kind of a it's kind of a useless middleman when you think about it. Not learned the lesson yet, obviously. They have not. They uh, have definitely not. <clears throat> so, where are we then with uh with the uh, episode? All right. I think we are pretty good. I just uh I just saw a um this is just an, an awesome side note. Psychopath just tweeted Fuller House where Stephanie Tanner gets shot and her ghost marries John Stamos. Parentheses, <laughs> not Uncle Jesse, John Stamos. <laughs> probably, probably my favorite tweet I've ever seen. And and under 148 characters, so that that got a favorite and a like. I'm glad we got to uh, to uh, hang out with uh, with that, introduce <laughs> that into the world as we did. I, I hope someone finds a way to get that to uh, to the Full House people. I love it. Um, let's do let's do one more question and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, Kafka 44 asks, are you, Kafka's a great character to bring into. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Game too, right? Kafka's Kafka like 44 asks, are you or Rue worried the MST3K reboot won't have the same spark as the original one had 20 years ago? Sorry, I said again, I completely missed what you just said. Are you or Rue worried you're that the rude. MST3K reboot oh, okay. Got it. have the same spark as the original one had 20 years ago. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am. And it's not necessarily for any particular reason other than, gosh, MST3K was just really great. Now, I think you could put on almost any episode in the background, and I'm going to, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to giggle. I might even laugh out loud. 
But not every episode is phenomenal. It's just not. Yeah. But this, the new one, I think is 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 going to have a hard target to hit in that regard because it's so hard to have misses these days. It's not like it was before, where you could have a couple down episodes and, you know, get away with it. People just lose interest so quickly. Yeah, and I mean, worried might be a strong word, but like, I do I expect it to be as good or better? No, no, I don't either. Could it be? Yeah, yeah, potentially. Who knows? I mean, you know. I am mildly Joel is behind. Joel is funny. Joel is funny. I like Mike better, but we already went over that. So. Well, yeah, but but Joel. I mean, Mike was Joel the head writer. The writer. Mike is better as a host. But writer. But some of the some of my favorite episodes are Mike episodes. Uh, uh, absolutely, hundred percent. And by the way, in terms of the writing, follow Mike on Twitter. He's he's just as hilarious in 148 characters. I should. I don't know why I don't. <laughs> um. All right, so I, I think we've, uh, you know, we're an hour and 36 minutes, so we're, an we're doing pretty good. An hour of that good. being questions, so. An, an hour of that being questions, like normal. <laughs> um, hey, man, people have good questions. Um, hey, man. Well, thank you for joining us, folks, and thank you for the flexibility of joining us on a week where we normally wouldn't even have a show. Yeah. So it's not really a bonus episode. It was a delayed episode, so thank you for coming to us on an off night. It actually it worked, so that's good. Worked out well. Uh, YouTube was fixed. Thank you. YouTube. Apparently, it was broken. So, thank you, YouTube, for for getting fixed. Uh, not like that. Not like not like you brought your cast to the vet, kind of fixed. Right. But uh, but fixed. Um, we will be back next week, our usual time slot. Yeah. So next Wednesday, eight p.m. That'll be March thirtieth, where we will have Echo Screen Live, the musical. I'm, I'm doing the Bill Cosby and shaking my head and not saying anything. <laughs> yep. I'm doing the Rue and saying yes. It Everyone may or may chat. not have any episode like that. We've even referenced to this point in the show thus far. But anyway, <laughs> whatever the topic, whatever the means, whatever, uh, whatever we decide to talk about, we hope that you will be there to join us here on the Echo Screen Live. Um, so. Keep up with us. You know where to find me now with the whole edits the Commodore thing. You can follow Rue uh, in, in, in similar similar fashion. Rue underscore C-O-T-G-W at Rue underscore C-O-T-G-W. Um, and we will see you next time when we talk about something mm, equally as interesting, perhaps even more interesting. You never know. Maybe. I mean, if it's musicals, Maybe. then definitely. So Don't push your luck. <laughs> just, be, just, just accept what you got. It's that's, time. That's my philosophy. It's time to have a musical. Just saying. It's time. It might right. be time. It might. All right, folks. Uh, yeah. So until then, if you have any ideas for the program, please feel free to share it. I am the Commodore, and for Rue, this has been the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf, and there is no reset button. Thank you very much, John Samos.
Hey, Cooper. So you, you just came back from the vet. The vet? How are you feeling? Well, I had to get my, my old man hip checked. It, I broke it three times falling down the stairs last week. They gave me a lot of Geritol. And, uh... <laughs> you sound just like Baby Huey. <laughs> <laughs> I got my I got my dinner in at 4 p.m. sharp, so uh feel pretty good about that. And your AARP card? Yeah, that's that's in the mail. It's actually it's AARC because I'm a cat. Get it? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought uh, I thought Peta had had gotten us over that hurdle. Sorry. He is a, such a cranky old man. Just just put that out there. Cat tankerous as hell. <laughs> Cat tankerous.